Cerca di contrastarlo Juan Jesus, il tocco di Esciarawi, cerca il colpo di tacco, attenzione Nainggolan, riesce a mantenere il possesso di palla, palla sulla destra verso Bruno Perez, avanza Samir davanti a lui, ancora Bruno Perez cerca spazio, il tocco è arretrato e per Strottman lancia in area di rigore per Nainggolan, tira go, go, go! Hello and welcome to the second edition of the new Roma Press podcast. With me, as always, I'm Roma Press uh, production and content manager, James Goodison. We have a lot to do and get through today. First, I want to thank everybody for the support on the previous episode. Please continue to listen and subscribe. We really appreciate it. We're going to be joined later in the show by the popular Richard Whittle, who's known for his famed commentary. Uh, but there is a lot to uh, to get to before that. Uh, joined by Roma Press founder and editor John Solano. As always, John, let's get into the meat of it. We've last spoke a week ago. Riyad Mahrez... Seems to have been no real movement on that since then. Could you give our listeners an update? Thanks, James. Um, but real quick before Mares, wanted to thank everybody for the support on the first episode. Um, I just want everyone to know that we're committed to doing this. Um, and I want to thank everyone for the huge support. Thank you for su- subscribing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for retweeting. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. So as for Mares. We saw a bit of an update um, today from Sky Sport in Italy. We also saw a bit of an update from uh, Leicester manager uh, Craig Shakespeare, um, who when asked about Mahrez said, "They the player wants to leave. Um, however, we need a reasonable offer. Um, and then meanwhile, from, from Sky Sport Italy, uh, we see that um, it's being reported that Roma are going to present an offer roughly worth 40 million euro, um, which is the number that has been reported that is sort of the the magic number in order to get the player away from Leicester, bring him over to Italy. Now, the problem that I think we're going to see um, is really the the structure of the total 40 million. Is it going to be 35 plus five in bonus? Um, is it going to be a straight $40 million fee? No bonus. Um, that part, when revealed or when this actually happens, will be interesting. Um, I do anticipate movement on this within the next week or so because uh, Monchi has made it clear that Roma want to get their market wrapped up soon. They don't want to be waiting until the very end of the window. Now, mind you, he did say, you know, it's better to wait for the right player than make a forced move and rush, which is absolutely correct. Um, Roma should not feel in a hurry in order to get this deal done. However, um, when you make a purchase of that magnitude, uh, certainly you want to get the player here as soon as possible. You want to allow him to settle. Um, And obviously there's going to be an integration process with Di Francesco, his new teammate. So we really got to be patient, um, but I do anticipate some movement on this in the coming days. Um, now, meanwhile, you know, transfer market aside, we saw today uh, Roma have flown to Spain. Um, they're gonna, going to be having two friendlies 
um, against Sevilla and Celta Vigo. Um, so this is really going to be, these are really going to be the last two tests that we see for Roma um, before the opening match against Atalanta. Um, and I, I think it's very, very important. Um, some of the things that we're going to be looking at, um, we're going to obviously, you know, see Di Francesco molding his formation, molding his tactics a little more. Um, and this also may be the last chance to see some of our uh, uh, favorite bidoni, um, you know, some of the awful players that Roma have that are sort of the punchline on social media, like Itorbe, um, you know, even to an extent Castan. I really think this is going to be the last time that we see a few of these guys in Roma shirts. Um, now, now it's a shame for someone, you know, like Castan, a really, really likable guy, um, hardworking, uh, very, very personable, gets along well with his teammates, um, very polite towards the media. Um, the problem is he has just fallen off so far um, to what we saw in the 2013-2014 season. Um, he's getting quite a bit of stick uh, on Twitter, which is, you know, a shame. Um, I mean, the ability is no longer there, but um, you know, it's best that he leaves, but there's no, there's no way you can question his heart, his commitment to the club. Um, great guy. So I really hope that he finds a more suitable club for him. Um, and I wish him nothing but the best. Um, and as for a Torbe, um, obviously the, you know, the days are numbered. Um, Romer are trying their best to cut their losses. We've seen over the last 24 hours or so that, um, he's been heavily linked with a move to Spain. Now, I do think this will go through. Um, his agent is pushing for the move. Uh, Roma would obviously like to find a permanent move, but at this point, they have to accept any offer, whether it be a loan um, or not, um, that they that they are presented with because they have very few options for the player. Um, you, you have to try and find a club who's willing to pay those wages, and, you know, try your best to cut your losses. Um, now, course, as far yeah. as questions from, from Twitter, James, what do we have? Well, this is something that we always seem to discuss on the podcast, whether it be in this new series or back in the day when we used to make it a, a couple of seasons ago. Um, the new stadium, that always seems to be um, constantly discussed. How much of a setback would the failure of the new stadium not being built be for Roma, John? And uh, would it set in motion an entire regime change? So this is a great question. Um, the stadium, as I've said, I've tweeted it, I wrote about it, is massive. The only way for Roma to close the gap um, between Juve and the, the bigger clubs in Europe is to get their own stadium. Um, so it not being built would be a huge setback for the club, for the city. It, it would be a huge blow not to get this done. Um, now, would it set in motion a regime change? Um, I mean, we don't really need to look much further than what uh, President Palota has said. Um, he's made it very clear if this stadium does not get built, um, I will leave and someone else will have to take care of it. So, uh, not really much of an analysis is needed in that regard. He's made it clear. Um, if the stadium is not built, I'm going to leave. And 
really, who could blame him? There's uh, no reason for the stadium not to be built. Um, it's being entirely privately funded. The funding is secure. Everything we've seen up until now has been just pure bureaucratic nonsense, uh, very much so um, the old Italy, so to speak. Um, a lot of unnecessary meetings, uh, paperwork needing to be filed. There were just a lot of bureaucratic nonsense that, you know, in other countries uh, could almost entirely be avoided. So um, stadium is huge. I do think Palota would sell should he not get the stadium built. Um, so, yeah, pre- that, you know, the stadium and its importance really does speak for itself. John, a lot of people have been asking on Twitter about Gerson. Um, obviously, one of the younger players on uh, in Roma's squad. Do you think this is the season that he should be breaking into midfield? Well, you you would certainly hope so. Um, I don't think it's going to be in a first choice capacity. Obviously, um, with the additions of uh, Pellegrini, Conalons, um, there's certainly a bit of a um, a bit of a logjam in the midfield, but. I do think that he will be given opportunities. We've seen this summer that he's been given ample opportunities to play um, on the left side of the the 4-3-3 of Di Francesco. He certainly looks improved. Um, You know, one one thing that we, you know, fans, uh, a lot of people in the media, you know, a lot of us tend to forget that, you know, these guys are human beings, uh, these players. There is a human side to it. it's not easy for a player of his age so young uh, to move from Brazil to Italy um, and not be given any time to settle. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, a lot has to do with the hefty hefty, uh, transfer fee that was paid for him, uh, nearly 18 million euros. Now, that's not his fault, but the the problem is when you're brought in for such a, a high price, uh, people are going to demand results right away. Uh, patience is very thin at that point, which uh, fair or unfair, that's just the nature of football. Um, so I'm really hoping that after struggling in his first season, um, he's able to settle this season and get some opportunities. I do think his Roma future and maybe in the, in the short term, his European future um, certainly rests on this season. What we could see is he struggles. He returns to Brazil, um, maybe stays there for a loan, maybe makes a permanent move back, um, settles again back in Brazilian football, does well, uh, shows his ability and moves back to Europe. I, I hope that's not the case because Roma invested a lot in him and I think he should be given the, the chance to really prove himself for an entire season. Um, So let's be patient with this guy. Um, He's very young. He clearly has ability. Um, uh, uh, Barcelona, we're looking at him. Uh, Madrid, we're looking at him. Um, And then uh, Roma came out on top for him. So he obviously has ability. He obviously uh, has skill. Um, He clearly needs to uh, continue his growth pattern. So let's be calm. but I, I do think that this season is important for him. Um, what I would like to see is um, maybe make somewhere between 15 to 20 appearances. I, I think that's absolutely fair when you're playing in three competitions. 
Um, I, I, I see no reason why is, you know, for him not to be playing against the smaller city A clubs, um, especially the newly promoted ones. I mean, if you think about it, uh, that's six matches right there. Uh, so he should absolutely get opportunities. I hope Di Francesco gives him those opportunities, um, and, and we'll have to just wait and see if he delivers. Thank you very much for those questions from Twitter there. But I'd now like to welcome football commentator extraordinaire Richard Whittle. You can find him on Twitter at RichWMan, and you can hear him on various networks all throughout the world, including Be In Sport. Richard, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Great, yeah, great to be on. Yeah, I'm wonderful. Enjoying the Italian summer, but uh, can't wait until the season starts. I think that's an opinion shared by everybody on this podcast. Um, let's start with Roma and this Italian summer then. I know you're a huge admirer of um, Francesco Totti. I'd love to hear your perspective on how things were handled with his retirement. What was your opinion on how Spalletti um, you know, made his decision and how Totti left the football club he'd played for for decades? Well, obviously, you want to start with the, the farewell. It was absolutely incredible. I was uh, fortunate enough to be at the stadium commentating the game and afterwards also uh, giving him his send-off to uh, the TV audience as well. And that was a moment I think only Roma fans could have produced. You know, Francesco Totti had been part of their lives for quarter of a century, 25 years, incredible, were in the same shirt through the good times, through the bad times, always putting Roma first. And you saw that with the fans given that send off. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. Even uh, Luciano Spalletti shed a tear. I don't know if that was a tear of relief more than anything, <laughs> but uh, certainly for the players as well. All around me, I had to be very professional, of course, and uh, just got on with my job. But all around me, the journalists, they were really feeling that because a lot of those guys had grown up with Francesco Totti. And certainly um, I felt at that moment that as, as if the sky had fallen in on the Coliseum <laughs> and it was all going to end. There was no future without Francesco Totti. But uh, that has not been the case. And he's back smiling, looking as uh, trim, as fit as ever. Uh, working alongside uh, Monchi in a management position, although interesting enough, yesterday he turned up at Trigoria, not wearing a suit, but uh, yeah. and a cool shirt and jeans. But certainly he will be uh, very much central to uh, Roma's future. As regards the final final year, of course, Spalletti left in the end, but uh, he uh, took a lot away from Francesco Totti in his final season. You know, not, we're not talking just about records, but the fact that uh, whenever Totti was called upon, he uh, answered the call every time and saved Spalletti on numerous occasions the season before. So it was very disappointing, to say the least, the way that uh, Spalletti treated uh, Totti in, the, in what was his uh, final season. But obviously the club had made the decision more than Francesco that that would be his uh, final campaign. And now we, we move on. And uh, as we've seen, the sky hasn't actually fallen down on top of us. So, Richard, just to um, elaborate a little more on that, I'm going to date myself a bit just because um, I remember Totti um, when he was uh, first brought on. Um, and I remember very well uh, the first tenure of Spalletti at Roma. Um, 
What are your thoughts on the way he left? Um, it's been interesting to see the words of Palota in the summer um, elaborating a bit on Spalletti. He he said he fought with the media too much and he let some things maybe get to him uh, and he took it a bit too personally. Uh, who do you blame more for Spalletti leaving? Do, do you leave, uh, you know, do you blame uh, the club for a lot of that? Do you think the saga with Totti had everything to do with that? Or do you think it was just Spalletti um, and maybe his personality as to why he decided to leave? Well, there's a number of issues there, of course. They always say you should never go back. You know, Spalletti, when he took the, the reins of Roma again, he, he came back knowing what, what he would face, knowing that he left that first time not in a, in a great way with Francesco right. Totti. And, and that was a big issue. So that was simmering underneath. And that was always going to come to a head. Who was going to come out on top was going to be the, the big issue of that. And you saw who came out on top in the end. It was Francesco Totti. But at the same time, um, Spalletti, hard-headed. He's Tuscan. You know, Tuscan people Very. are hard-headed. Yep. And, you know, sometimes they do take things, as you say, very personally. And the media knew that, that they were getting uh, under his skin. As you know, in, in Rome, they have a, a, a media that is a radio, print journalist, TV journalist, local, locally based. Then you have the national, nationally based TV, radio and print. But it's a local based uh, journalist that really got under his skin. They went for him because he uh, went for Francesco Totti. And that was the big thing, you know, yep. in the end. Um, no one won out in the end, really, because in the end, Roma didn't win any trophies. Let's not forget that. Francesco right. Totti left, left the scene. It was a, a wonderful send-off, probably the sporting moment of 2017, anywhere in the world, if I can say that. And uh, I know that <laughs> a lot of sports will feel that they had big send-offs, but nothing like Francesco Totti. But in between, there was a lot of problems but at the same time, Roma produced some wonderful football. But as we've seen with Spalletti in the past, that final step, you know, when you're looking at the, the semi-final against Lazio in the, the Coppa Italia, it was there for Roma to get to the final, to be competing for a trophy. That's the most important thing, get a trophy in the, uh, in the cabinet. That's the first thing they need to do is ahead of trying to win the Scudetto. Also in Europa League, it was set up there really for Roma to win the Europa League, wasn't it? Really, if you saw in the end the way Lyon went out to Ajax, you know, Roma really blew that after being in a position where they were controlling the match in the first leg. Right. So, uh, and really, when you look at it, it was, uh, as I say, a lot of issues, but uh, it comes down to it. Spalletti was the coach, he made the decisions and uh, came up short, didn't win a trophy. I agree. So we move um, we move from Spalletti to Di Francesco. So um, he's a guy he's from Pescara, um, but he's certainly familiar with Rome, the environment, which, in my opinion, is a massive benefit for any new manager. Um, so many obviously will remember him from the Scudetto with Roma. Um, so going forward with Di Francesco. What what are you expecting from him? Um, we know from his time at Sassuolo, um, he really does like his attacking football. 
Um, but what do you think? Uh, do you think he can be the man to get Roma to that final step? What are your opinions on him? Well, he's making a big step up as well, isn't he, from Sassuolo? And as you said, he's uh, almost a returning son. So already he is, uh, he's got plenty of positives going for him. And the important thing is for Roma to make a, a good start to the season. They've got very difficult. The first two games are so difficult. Probably the, the worst fixtures of any, any side in Serie A. Away to Atalanta, who are you know, on a high after uh, qualifying for Europe. And then Spalletti at home, Inter the following weekend. If he can get two victories from that, then going into the international break, things will be a lot calmer. But if uh, Roma start the season, maybe just two, po- uh, uh, two points from the first two games, no points, one point, then already the pressure's on him. But hopefully, as we always say, he will be given time. And maybe this season, it is going to be a transitional period for Roma. Of course, we've lost Francesco Totti. We've lost Salah, Rudiger. Big, big uh, players, important players. And uh, we've got a coach in who's uh, only really coached in the the provinces, if you like, Pescara and uh, Sassuolo, where he's done wonderfully with Sassuolo. And... uh, if the players buy into his attacking philosophy, but also at the, the same time, as we, as we saw at Sassuolo, the forward players working back, helping out in the midfield, the midfielders working back, helping out, covering the defence. If that all comes together, then you never know. Roma could be one of those dark horses, really get a good start to the season, be up there, build the confidence. And uh, certainly uh, we know that Roma have had in the seasons, their ups and downs, so they need consistency. And I feel that uh, if Francesco would have uh, heard of him, would have seen of him so far in the pre-season matches, he certainly can bring that. But um, I do feel need a couple of more signings in there just to strengthen the squad, especially with Champions League football as well. Agreed. Yeah. Can we perhaps talk about the bigger picture? We touched upon it earlier in the podcast, um, John and I, when we were talking about James Palotta and the uh, the stadium and other such things. What is your personal opinion on the uh, Americans and Palotta? How do you think he's integrated himself during his time uh, <clears throat> as, a, as an owner of the club? What do you think his legacy will be when he finally leaves? Well, um, I have to say, I've just, um, just come back from the, uh, this Lega Serie A roadshow tour, which I was hosting London, New York and Shanghai. And I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Palotta in New York. And uh, the first thing he said to me is, yeah, I'm glad I've uh, got a chance to meet you because I've got a few things to say to you. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, those things you were saying against me on Twitter. And I was like, What? Mr. President, I've never said anything against you. So, <laughs> he's certainly a, a man. I've met him up close. And he looks, uh, you know, um, hard-nosed businessman. And has, uh, obviously, in his uh, business career, uh, has got what he's wanted, worked hard to get what he's wanted. And this is a big battle. It has been a massive battle to get that stadium uh, to go through, but it looks as if the breakthrough has been made. He was very positive in the roadshow, got up, gave a wonderful talk about Roma, the development of the club, 
on and off the pitch, how he's really, they've really got the, the plan going ahead. He said a few things, and maybe it came out of you guys in the press are saying if he doesn't get the stadium, maybe that's it, he'll leave. You know, that right. was maybe just to push people along, give them a little uh, G up, because certainly the, there's a lot of positivity uh, in Rome for the stadium. The people I speak to, everybody wants the stadium, but you're dealing with the bureaucracy in Rome. So it's good. You have to uh, really accept that and work within that. And I think Palotta has done a very good job and his people around him, his management team around him are very good. They've worked hard. There is a big meeting with the Lazio Regional uh, council, which uh, will make the decision. They're going to look at the services around the stadium, what's, what's in and around the stadium, how does it benefit the local community. And if they give that the green light in mid-September, because obviously in Italy nothing happens in August, everyone's at the beach, uh, yeah. once we get into September, and they give the green light, and I think, you know, that looks pretty positive, then we can get going with the stadium. From there, we can see that... Uh, uh, Roma will push forward, get that stadium built, and then, you know, we're into a, another stratosphere. You're up there with Juventus, you're up there with the top European clubs when you've got your own stadium. So I think if Palotta gets that, his legacy is there forever for Roma, and it's looking very positive. I would agree, and it's funny, um, and I'm sure you can attest to this, the, the complaints I hear about the Olimpico, uh, there's quite a few, but the most common one, has always been just getting there um, is always the issue. So I, I, you know, I speak on behalf of all Roma fans. I think I, we're all hoping this goes through. Um, now, finally, to end it, Richard, um, just an account uh, for the club this season. What are you expecting? What are you hoping for? Um, is this a season where uh, maybe Roma fans are getting so tired and to the point where? We need a trophy, or do you think perhaps a Champions League place finish would suffice? Well, this is the season, the first post-Totti. How do the fans react to that? And you feel like Francesco Totti will be close to the club off, off the pitch. It's going to be such a big uh, uh, signing, if you like, but on the management side. Just to give you the feeling, because there's new players are coming in. We're going to talk about them in a second. But funny thing, yesterday when Cesco turned up with Monchi at Trigoria's first day at work, as I said, looking very casual, but in great form. He saw uh, Alexandra Kolarov there uh, coming out to, to get ready for training. And he goes, what are you doing here? Because he's the ex-Lazio player. You know, he gave him right. a look, then then the smile and colour up with him over, gave him a big hug, already feeling part of the part of the team. It's building that team identity. We've got a new um, got a new coach, of course, new goalkeeper, Allison. Now he's going to be number one goalkeeper, and I liked him last season when he played, but just uh, he knew that he's second uh, behind Chesney. So at times his confidence at the beginning of the season was a little bit down, but they built up his confidence very well. You've got uh, cars drop. Coming in, Rick Carsdrop coming in at right back. New entity completely. Let's see how he settles in. As I said, Kolarov, is, uh, he has plenty of experience. Manolas to stay. That would be great. Fatsu, that's a good partnership in the defence. You've got uh, Moreno coming in. He's a tough defender as well. Then in the midfield, you've kept Strotman, Rossi, Nangolan. You've brought back uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini. 
He's, he's just a wonderful young player. He's, he's going to break into the Italy squad. He could be in the World Cup next season and uh, next year. Uh, he's he's that good. He'll be learning off the Rossi, Nangolan, and Strutman. Gonolan as well. He was excellent against Roma for Lyon, if you remember. And also uh, Gerson as well has been had a wonderful pre-season. So those players have uh, lifted themselves under uh, uh, Di Francesco, but certainly uh, need, need to get uh, a few more players into the squad to really battle on three fronts. Uh, top Agreed. two finish. Top two finish. Cup Italia, that's important. They want to get a trophy. Cup Italia's there. It's a trophy. You can win that. Uh, Juventus are always winning that trophy. It's about time someone else won it. You know, yes. Lazio couldn't, couldn't step up last season and, and the final. They put everything into beating Roma and then they get to the final and roll over to Juventus. So right. Roma has got to be in there. Champions League, can they get through the group stages? That would be a massive, massive achievement. Of course it will because it's so difficult. We've seen how many teams drop out of the, the Champions League in the Europa League, get through the Champions League. Up front, if you can get Marez. I've got the feeling they're going to get Marez. He might, Monchi might go up towards 40 million euros just to get him. What a signing he would be, cutting in from the right on that left foot. He's got more skill than Salah. He's got better football brain than Salah. He's 26, he's in his prime. You've got Perotti, El Sharari working down the left. The friend, he can come in, support striker for, for Jekyll or come in on the right, got the pace get the pace going forward and then you've got that, that wonderful midfield of the Warriors, the great Warriors of De Rossi, our captain now, not captain Futuro, but captain now, Nangolan, who would never want to leave Rome. He loves the place. He is a, he's a little king in Rome going around also uh, in the evenings as well, but always on the pitch giving 110%. Strutman, he loves, he loves Rome, he hates Lazio, so he, he's, <laughs> he's going to be in there. So you've got a team there. It's got to be about belief, really. That, that's the thing. Get a good start to the season. Push through. See what the Champions League group is because you're battling on so many fronts. And also, just to reinforce that team, uh, also, you've got, uh, let's not forget, you've got the, the young player from Turkey, Ungur, as well. He could be some out of the blue, uh, just a, a player I haven't seen a lot of, but uh, reports are, are in training and pre season are excellent. So, you know, it's all up there. I think it, it should be a positive season. And Absolutely. Maybe the, the pressure not so much on Roma because Inter, Inter coming, they've signed big. Milan have signed a lot of players. Juve is a big favourite as well. Napoli, it's got to be their year, really, because they've got a settled side. But as I said before, Roma could be the dark horses, but uh, it'd be a wonderful season if we could end it with a trophy. Absolutely. Richard, thank you so much for joining us. Um, always a pleasure to talk to you. Huge fan here. Um, and I know I, I speak, you know, for a lot of Roma fans who, who admire your work and appreciate it. Thank you so much for the time. No, that's great to hear, John. And wonderful speeches and a big hello to everybody, uh, all Roma fans in, in America. Um, I met a few of you uh, in New York. It was great to meet you. And uh, hopefully uh, I'll be back over uh, very soon. If not, Forza Roma and keep tuning in. Absolutely. Forza Roma. Thank you, Richard. That's it for today on the AUS Roma Press podcast. I've been James Goodison. John Solano's been with me as well. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can get the new podcast as soon as it drops out on iTunes. In the meantime, make sure to follow us on Twitter for constant updates. See you next time.